Farmers are the heartbeat of rural America. Congress recently invested $20 billion in America's farmers and ranchers, focusing on conservation practices and profits for future generations. Today, these funds are at risk. You're squawking over $20 billion. That USDA program, it's investment into the future for everybody. If the funding was eliminated, it could hurt farms and families. Tell Congress, protect this generational investment in the Farm Bill. Learn more at investinourland.org. Paid for by Invest in Our Land. Hello, Nerdcasters. It's Scott Bland, your host, and this is another special debate show. We had another Democratic presidential debate on Wednesday. That was part two of round two. Another 10 candidates on the stage in Detroit tonight, broadcast again on CNN. And once again, we're going to take you into a key moment of the debate. We're going to play it for you. And then we are going to break it down with Politico national political reporter, Chris Catalago. Chris, thanks for uh, stepping off to the side of the newsroom to talk about Joe Biden and Cory Booker. Any time for you, Scott. <laughs> All right, let's get right into it. Here's the moment we picked out. Uh, this is a confrontation that's been simmering for weeks, and it finally erupted for about five minutes on Wednesday night. Cory Booker and Joe Biden have been going back and forth about a number of things, about Biden's comments about working with segregationist senators, most recently, though, about criminal justice reform. And this was an issue on which Biden was very prominent in the 80s and 90s as a tough-on-crime senator and author of crime legislation legislation that was quite punitive, and which Democrats now, 20, 30 years later, are looking back on in a harsh light, including Booker. And so Biden rolled out a new criminal justice reform proposal last week. Booker immediately jumped all over it, kind of setting the stage for what we saw tonight. Let's roll the clip. I actually led the bill that got passed into law that reverses the damage that your bills that you were, frankly, to correct you, Mr. Vice President, you were bragging, calling it the Biden crime bill up till thank, 2015. Thank you, Senator. Vice President Biden. Number one, the bill he talks about is a bill that in my, our administration, we passed. We passed that bill that you added on to. That's the bill, in mm -hmm. fact, you passed. And the fact of the matter is, secondly, that there was nothing done for the entire eight years he was mayor. There was nothing done to deal with the police department that was corrupt. Why did you announce in the first day a zero tolerance policy of stop and frisk and hire Rudy Giuliani's guy in 2007 when I was trying to get rid of the crack cocaine uh, Mr. Vice President, there's a saying in my community, you're dipping into the Kool-Aid and you don't even know the flavor. Uh, you, need to, <laughs> you need to come to the city of Newark and see the reforms that we put in place. The New Jersey head of the ACLU has said that I embraced reforms, not just in action, but in deed. Sir, you are trying to shift the view from what you created. There are people right now in prison for life, for drug offenses, because you stood up and used that tough on crime, phony rhetoric that got a lot of people elected, but destroyed communities like mine. All right. As as we do, we're going to pick this apart thought by thought. But Chris, first, your overall thought on this exchange. Why was it so important? So this came on a night where a number of candidates, uh, Kamala Harris, who kind of got the best of Biden in the last debate, uh, Kristen Gillibrand, um, just a whole bunch of folks, Bill Julian de Blasio Castro. even, Julian Castro, uh, came after Joe Biden for his record. And I think what's notable about what Cory Booker did, even though we knew this was coming, was that it came on an issue that Joe Biden has said, hey, all these things may have happened before. That was the past. Um, this is what I want to do now without really coming back 
and giving much of an explanation for why he's changed his mind on all these things. And so I think what Booker was really trying to do besides just score points is say, hey, you know, you made this change. It's, it's not good enough. It's too little. It's too late. But trying to get, you know, sort of, if not an apology, an explanation from Biden for um, how he's come to these new positions. And meanwhile, it also gave Booker an opportunity to, to tout maybe his greatest policy achievement in the Senate. He's been working on criminal justice legislation and actually helped get something passed that, that President Trump signed uh, last year. I actually led the bill that got passed into law that reverses the damage that your bills, that you were, frankly, to correct you, Mr. Vice President, you were bragging calling it the Biden crime bill up till 2015. Yeah, one of the things Booker has talked a great deal about, particularly in South Carolina, a state that he needs to do very well in, uh, provided that he's... uh, uh, humming along in the race by then is is this criminal justice bill. He was uh, an early senator to come out for marijuana uh, decriminalization. Um, he's talked a lot about um, rehabilitation, talked about uh, gun safety as, as sort of part of that as well. Um, and, you know, this is a guy who went back and lived in the brick towers in Newark, and it, it's very much a part of his bio that he's He's gone and, and lived in these communities. He experiences them. He, uh, uh, you know, has has gone through things with families and and gone out to these vigils and 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 was this kind of mayor who was on his feet, walking throughout the city. And so it it, it all just ties into his brand. And I think um, he sees himself having a lot of credibility here and being someone who could really take Biden on. And meanwhile, I mean, B- Biden has has come out with a policy, right? That is. Uh, far different from from what he he used to propose when he was in the Senate. Uh, it, it embraces a lot of uh, kind of newer age criminal justice reform type things that folks like Booker embrace. Yeah, uh, but but the the point Booker's making is that it's too little, too late. I think those were the exact words he used at one point. Yeah, no question. And I think uh, again, big picture, you have folks like Harris. There's uh, and now Booker, and there's just there's no it's no accident that they've chosen these particular topics to come out on Biden, uh, uh, come out uh, against Biden on I mean, Biden's base at this point is is uh, a large part of it is our black voters. And I think these are two African-American candidates who uh, uh, very much need to cut into that base. So politically, uh, that's what they're doing. Uh, they see a real vulnerability for Biden on these issues, particularly because he hasn't come out and explained them like he has on on some others that came up tonight. And um, so both politically and policy wise, um, uh, it makes sense for both Booker and Harris, who obviously had a whole career in law enforcement. It's going to be really interesting to see if it works. I mean, like you said, Biden has very strong African-American support at this point. He has also very strong support among older voters, kind of overlapping groups there. And um, I'm curious to see whether these attacks actually do manage to chisel uh, bits and pieces of that away, or if the combination of Biden's experience and people's comfort with him and the fact that he has moved on some of these issues, that maybe he had a position before that's not in line with what some of his own supporters might even want to see, but the fact that he's moved on it now might be enough for some folks. Yeah. Um, a lot of folks we've talked to in the last few weeks, and we sort of consistently will check in with folks on uh, the latest sort of uh, dust up around Biden and 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 people are really uh, sticking with him. They talk about 
uh, folks being able to change. They do want to hear him come out and sort of talk about each of these policies, and he'll have time to do it. The debate stage in 30 seconds probably wasn't uh, the best place to do it, and, and you saw him um, uh, go after Booker at one point, obviously, um, over his uh, record in, in New Jersey to, to sort of show that, hey, other people have issues uh, too. But, you know, the best thing that, that both Booker and Harris could hope for is looking at that 2008 election. And you hear this a lot from both of their teams uh, when it was really sort of late in the year and into uh, January in Iowa when uh, Hillary Clinton's supporters started to uh, to peel off and move to Barack Obama. And so you, you do, you consistently hear that um, as, as sort of a potential uh, best case scenario for them. Got it. Chris, thank you so much for for stepping over to break down those five minutes for us. Of course. And once again, just like yesterday, thank you to all of you listeners for tuning into this special uh, debate breakdown episode. We're going to be back with our regularly scheduled programming on Friday morning. A big thank you as well to Jenny Ament for producing. Dave Shaw is the executive producer of Politico Audio. We'll see you right back here on Friday.